everyone, Dave and Jeff. It is January 6, 2020. Uh, it is? Wow. Uh, all right, Dave, I'm trying to see. Yeah. Dave and I are looking because America's Got Talent on. It's very important to us that we know who all the judges are. Here we go, Dave. What happened was that Heidi Klum and Mel B got fired, Yeah, replaced by- I think Mel B was fired before, though. It was, Dwayne, have, it was Dwayne Wade's wife that got fired, too. Yeah, but with Julianne Huff. So they just got fired, and they brought yeah. Heidi Klum back and somebody else for that. So Dave and I have it all cleared up. Listen, you can't do one of these shows when your mind's in other places. And Dave and I were completely confused by the current judging lineup on America's Got Talent, and apparently we have it settled. It's Howie Mandel, yeah. Simon, uh, Heidi Klum is back, and then somebody else. We'll see who it is. It's funny, you and I saw this show in person. We did. We went and saw it in L.A. with Howard Stern judging. And it was okay, but I don't have a lot of shows that I watch with my kids, and they like it because they bring in magicians and impressionists, and sometimes the comedians are okay. So, yeah, there's a whole kind of group of people that go through it. I felt like when you and I saw it. Yeah. There's a bunch of goddamn acrobats or somebody like that. We didn't need to see that shit. Not one guy that we saw made it to one of the made it. TV shows. Right. Yeah, nobody made it. Yeah. But, all right, anyways, we got that settled. Uh, when was the last time we were here? We were here right after, uh, was it New Year's Day? New Year's Day, we were here. We were, right? We were here on New Year's Day, yeah. There are a couple things I wrote down. All, all right? right, let me hear them. Because once in a while, things will happen, and Jeff will say, hey, remind me about that. Yes. All right, we'll start off. There's big news about the Aztecs, but I'm going to start with John Contera about being possible general manager of an NFL team this or major league baseball guy. team. Okay, <laughs> listen to the balls on this guy. So last week I'm driving around, and I don't know if it's Thursday or Friday. This maniac is on, and he's breaking down his time as GM of the soccer. Yeah. Now look. I've already said I worked there from 88 to 91. I have two championship rings. I have two championship rings. It's when Ron Newman did it. There were a bunch of guys like Brian Quinn that had played in World Cups. None of those guys had to have day jobs so that they could play soccer at night. Yeah. Were, games were on ESPN. It was pretty cool. Yeah. I was very vocal in ripping the soccers when they came back. I remember saying you can't put five guys in Celtics jerseys and call them the Celtics. It's not the same. But kudos to that organization. They have started off in the Del Mar Arena. Yep. They went to the sports arena. Now they're looking at building a complex up in Oceanside, a 6,000-seat arena. Like, they have really carved a niche, and for I've had my kids out there. It's super fun. That being said, I don't know what goes into being GM of the soccers. All I know is this. If Coach could do it, I think a lot of us could do it. There, I said it. I yeah, said, you said it. it. Maybe I'm wrong. Are you thinking, what you're telling me right now, just so I'm straight, it takes more time to be an NFL GM well, and go through a scouting department so, and everything that you have to do than it does to be a soccer's GM? That would be my guess. It's not a lateral move. I don't know that, but that, again, if I had a bet, a dollar, or five million, yes. That would be a safe bet that I would make. So I'm listening to this 
maniac last week, and he says, uh, you know, one of the hardest things for me, I'd go down there, I'd put my nice suit on, and then I'd have no impact on the game. Well, what the fuck are you going to do? <laughs> Bruce Arena? What what coaching are you going to offer, right? Just be thankful you got four seats, free parking, and a free pulled pork sandwich from Cali Comfort. <laughs> Call it a win. But then, then he says this, and the mics were on. Everybody heard it. Well, I, Everybody I heard. that had it on heard it. It wasn't like he said it off air. He said on the air, you know, I'd like to do it again, maybe in the NFL or with baseball. And I go, what? What? What did you just say? And maybe in fairness to him, he said with football or baseball. So maybe he thinks he's up for the XFL job, the Wildcats. He wants to be GM there. I have no idea. Holy shit. Right? That's the craziest thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine? I mean, we thought it was crazy when the Padres signed Gary Coleman. <laughs> that wouldn't be anything. If they, What if they just fire Preller and Fowler just names coach GM? Yeah. What would his first move be? Make Randy pitching coach? Dude, that's exactly what he'd probably do. I'm going right. to bring the old Larry lefty. Rothschild out. Yes. Randy Jones We're in. Bring the old lefty. So, well, it would mean the midday show would be open. I can't imagine coaches doing both, so let's wish him well. Cleveland Browns are looking for a GM. Yeah. He may I get that gig. That the way the Cleveland Browns operate wouldn't shock me. He's a hell of a guy. He is a hell of a guy. Very, very likable. And has a suit ready to go. Incredibly funny. But I, I call Dave. I go, are you hearing this? Uh, so yes, thank Did you. you tell for, Woods, Woods, you got to shake them. They're they're already on uh, shaky ground. The relationship between the morning show and the midday show is not good. Oh no, it's sad to hear. Well, John Heyman put a tweet out and said something to the effect, and I saw Joel Sherman do this, and others have done this too. That, hey, look at the White Sox saving money, and thank God they didn't get Machado. Why? Because you got Yasmani Grandal? And they they can't. I don't know what is with these guys, these national writers. Uh, Dave, you know me. I'm not a chicken little guy. I'm not a guy that feels like everybody is out to get our team or the refs are Except out to Buster. get Buster. You think Buster's out to get your Buster team. Buster 100% is in the organization. I asked the organization about it. And they agree with me. Unlike anybody else, they absolutely agree with me. But there is some reason why that they feel the need to take a shot at the Padres. So Steve Woods went on 97.3. And ripped John Heyman and said, look, it was the first year of a 10-year deal. And let's see what happens. I also said to Steve tonight, I like that deal because we've been dormant as a fan yeah, base. That's why I like the deal, too. And the ownership group went out and made an impact move yep. that made me pull my kids out of school on opening day to say we're going to be there for Machado and Tatis. Uh, as Woods pointed out to me tonight on the drive down, he still hit 32 home runs. Yeah, but everybody hit 32 home runs. 
Uh, a lot of shitty players hit 32 home runs this year. Yeah, Jan Hervis, Solar Jan Hervis Solarte would not have hit 32 home runs not. at third base. I'm just saying, a lot of guys hit hit home runs. It doesn't that matter. You go, what the fuck? Well, he maybe should hit 50 if it's a juice ball. You better shut up. Dude, he didn't play up to his contract. We all know it. But I got it. Was it. Year one. But the point is, it's year one. Yes. And for the first time in a long time, as a fan of that team, you felt like your team was relevant and in and made a move. Because all you have to do is watch the ticker on MLB Network and who somebody today signs Jose Iglesias to play shortstop for like $3 million. Yeah. And I looked at that deal at the bottom and I go, God dang, that's the move this team has made for 50 years, right? Yes. And when you look at the free agents that are out there now, Hunter Pence available and guys like that, man, Dave, in years past, those were the big signings. It wasn't that long ago for this team. So the Padres aren't trying to satisfy you or John Heyman or Buster Olney or anybody else. What they're trying to do is win back a lot of people like me or anybody else, Pete and Point Loma or anybody that has gone through so much shit Every day yep. of being that fan to say, hey, listen, we're going to get in and we're going to go for it. They went for it. Let's see what Machado does this year. But at least for that signing, it's relevant. And I'm sorry. I'm glad he's here. It's interesting. But so that's what Steve said. And then coach went on and said, well, I can't believe you take a shot at a radio.com insider. Oh, so he's taking sides. And, and he went outside the family. And apparently he said, well, where'd Machado get you last place? Oh, that's what I was told tonight. And I was reminded, hey, John Heyman may be a radio.com insider. We're the goddamn flagship. Maybe I'm going to protect that relationship. And I couldn't argue with him. So, yeah, apparently things are a little heated over there. That is funny. So they they basically have Rome between the two shows as a buffer. So thank those, goodness those guys don't have to see each other. Rome's the Mills Lane, yeah. of ninety seven three, <laughs> keeping everybody calm, cool, and collected. Uh, but yeah, that was the, the two things that went on. If and, you were though, honestly, from the outside, let's say you were a national writer, okay, mm -hmm. and you're looking at the organization from the outside. I mean, yeah. it's one thing you're looking at it as a fan. When they signed Machado, I said the same thing. I go, they got a guy that's a future Hall of Famer. They're relevant with the name that everybody across baseball knows who Manny Machado is. Yeah. He's a superstar. Yeah. I was all for it 100%. Okay? Yeah. But when you look at it from the outside, now, here you are. You're a national guy that goes around to different ballparks, and you look at the $444 million that is spent on Machado, Hosmer, Myers, and oh. then now they go out and they give the money to, to Stamen who's 36 years old, Yeah, you go, what the fuck, right? I mean, when, yeah. you, when you saw that, you're going, dude, why don't you offer him $1 million for one year and see if he fucking took it? Because I guarantee his phone wasn't ringing. I, was, I had the line ready to go for Stamen that fill in the blank, the Giants, the Nationals, the White Sox bought the cow, and you got the milk almost for free. I don't know what that move is. 39 years old when that contract runs out? Are you yeah. fucking kidding me? Well, yeah. I mean, Drew Pomeranz this year. I mean, 
all of these bullpen moves, Dave, I, it, it'll make you insane. Yeah. But to me, I could live with Machado being a whiff. The the deal that if it ends up being that way, and I don't feel like it will be, I'm I'm much more interested to see what he's like this year. And I also think he's a different player with Tatis next to him in that lineup. I also wonder. I I just think a lot of those dudes not make excuses for him. I just don't think that team really understood the Fran Mill exit like impacted a lot of guys. But the the Hosmer deal. When you signed Hosmer, it pushed Myers back out to the outfield where he shit. Yeah. And God, man, to me, I think the Hosmer deal, even though it's half the money, is a much more impactful whiff to this point than I'm much more concerned about that. The remaining whatever he's got left on that deal. What is it? God dang. Yeah. And and it's. Again, the way the contract's written, if he is shit, he gets to it's his option to stay. Yeah, I mean it, the money I mean, drops, watch but it. but yeah, it's still. I mean, I just I watched today Kevin Millar on intentional talk because yeah. I clearly was bored for a while this afternoon. <laughs> but Kevin Millar said what we said, and it was in response to the article that Stan Caston had in the LA Times with Bill Plaschke talking about, he got pretty vocal calling out the LA Times saying, you always say everybody hates us. Well, I don't think they do. I don't think our fans do hate us. Stan Caston was pretty vocal because so many people make note of how much the Dodgers do or do not spend. Kevin Millar said what I've said on this show for 20 years. I don't care if the Padres payroll is 80 million or 280 million. Just spend smart money. You've always said that. So as a fan, I don't go insane when I look at, well, we can't make this move because we still have Drew Pomeranz on the books for four years. We have Craig Stamen, Ian Kinsler. Garrett Richards. Well, we'll see on that. Come on. You come on. How many times are we going to say we'll see? You dropped right now the famous Padre line just now when you talked about Machado. We'll see what he is this year. Um, That's what they would say about Myers. That's what we say about every fucking guy. I'm... I look at Myers, I look at Hosmer, I look at Stamen, I look at Pomeranz, and it's just for me, those four moves right there, when you look at the money that those guys are going to make this year, I don't know. And really, focusing on Myers and Hosmer, boy, if you had $42 million coming off the books, yes. You'd have a lot of flexibility to do some things that you wanted to do, but how much are you paying Oliveira? Uh, I mean, is it eight million? Yeah, but Oliveira, you made money back because you're paying Oliveira, but they paid Kemp, so you paid eight, but saved seventeen, I think. So, yeah, you were going to pay Kemp seventeen or pay Oliveira eight. I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I'm just I don't saying know. it's a mistake and a mistake. Yeah, yeah, but it got you out from under the Kemp deal, and Oliver comes off the books yeah. after this. Nobody year. made, I feel made like you take the Kemp deal. You decided huh? to take the Kemp deal. You see what I'm saying? The Kemp deal is a bad move. Outside of hitting for the cycle in Colorado, the Kemp deal was a bad Bless move. Bless his heart. Bless his heart. But, yeah, I don't know. And, I mean, am I disappointed that they didn't sign Keiko? No, not at that money. I just uh, I just said to a buddy of mine tonight on the drive down, is that it? 
for the off season? I mean, a really good friend. We told you last week thinks they may make a deal for Marte, which would be pretty exciting. That would be great. I That'd be pretty exciting. That. But uh, I have no idea. Do you find yourself looking at your phone like once in a while and you go, all right, I hope this is the deal. Like that's what no. I find myself. Really? Because I just have conditioned myself that this will be the lineup on opening day. That Hedges isn't going anywhere. Myers isn't going anywhere. And that to me is the biggest frustration is that I'm not sure they have the same sense of urgency to change the momentum of a last place team, your last place team and getting Jace Tingler in here isn't enough for me to go. I mean, I said to my kids today, um, we were talking about NBA and NHL yeah. tickets and God dang, man, it's just, it's so crazy. And I said, well, I guess we're looking ahead to baseball season and Padre games and angel games. And I go, but I'll tell you one thing, man, I'm not yanking you out of school for opening day this year. Does not, so is that you told him? Yeah. What if they get Marte? Um, but you know what? Opening day last year was an, uh, an afternoon game, and for yeah. some reason, I feel like opening day this year might be a night game. I might be wrong on that, but I thought I saw that they have like a Friday night game at seven. Yeah, could be wrong on that, but no, I'm just not. We'll still go to five or ten games. We'll probably go to three Angel games. They want to go to a Dodger game this year just to say they've been in Dodger yeah. Stadium. Um, no, man. They they Last year, the excitement of Paddock and Tatis and Machado was pretty good. But now it's like, hey, man, you got to keep winning. You got you to gotta, you gotta keep grinding. You got to keep doing things. If I'm going to pay out the money to park and – do whatever those kids want, ho-dads, and get a new hat, everything else. Dude, you, you got to hustle a little bit. So we'll see what happens. It's you only know, January. It's only January. It's funny. I, I watched uh, or I read a little bit about the whole Stan Caston deal because the Dodgers' yeah. payroll is projected to be very low in the next few years, like extremely low. Mm -hmm. um, but Caston said something interesting. Like if I was a player on the Dodgers and make me a little nervous or make you play a little bit harder, who knows what it means. But he goes, the roster we have – on opening day is nowhere close to the roster we plan on having in the playoffs. I thought it was an interesting line to use. Like if you're yeah. a player on that team, what do you mean it's nowhere close? Like he he was adamant that do we're changing things up. By the way, opening day just so uh, people don't start writing to us tomorrow. Uh, Padres open at one ten on March twenty sixth against the Rockies. What day of the week is that? It's a is Thursday. It? Yeah, that, I won't be there. Okay. I mean, I might be there, but my do you kids think they'll won't, still play? My kids won't be there. <laughs> No, I'll I'll probably go, because I got a bunch of buddies that like to go, and we go on opening day. But uh, March what? March twenty sixth. God dang, Isn't that crazy. Yeah, Dave, you're gonna be. I mean, I understand. You said we're what the sixth today. Do I have the yep, date right? That's right. Um, yeah, man. A couple of weeks, we're gonna be like, dude, we're. I mean, what are we? We're about six weeks out from pitchers and catchers reporting. That's it. I'm, uh, it's funny, man. Spring training was one of those I used to get really excited about. I'm not so excited about spring training. Different, because they've commercialized yeah. it so much. It's it's spring training's not fun for me. It just it just nothing about it that's fun. I always laugh at my friends here in San Diego that will go to Yuma for a weekend or a week. Peoria, Peoria. I'm sorry, I was thinking of uh, of the old Padres yeah. brother. I was going to ask you a Yuma question. Um, I'm asking you a question in a second with that. So so when you when you go out to Peoria for three days to a week. 
But then those same friends won't go to Petco Park the entire year. <laughs> I'm right. like, are going to go watch the guys that aren't going to make the team? Yeah. But the team that's Abraham Almonte yeah. plays seven innings. 20, 20 minutes away, you won't go to Petco? I always find that that interesting. When they moved to, because I love Peoria. I think it's mm -hmm. great. When they moved from Yuma to Peoria, did they lose anything in that? No, they gained a ton. Yeah, Yuma, I think so too. Yuma was cool, but no. Like the Peoria experience. So I've never went to Yuma. I have no idea what Yuma was like. Yuma, I, I drive through Yuma a lot. Yeah, but Yuma, it, Yuma was cool because you would go and remember at that time, like it was different. It wasn't so commercialized. So we would, we'd go kind of during the, the week. And so you could be really close to Garvey and Carmelo yeah. and Kennedy and the Alomars and all these guys. And it was very cool. And Yuma was what it is. But when they went to Peoria, and then all of a sudden, yes, you could see the Padres during the day, but then you could see the Giants and the A's and all the different teams that were all within a short drive. Yeah. And the hotels were better. The dining was better. The whole experience was better. I mean, you were in Phoenix or, or old Scottsdale. Oh, fuck. It was so in, in, back in those days when they were in Yuma, so if they uh -huh. played the Cubs, they had to take a bus all the way to Mesa? Yeah. That sucks, man. That's yeah. like three hours. Yeah, they would go out. But remember, I think, don't forget, the Angels were in Palm Springs, too. Yeah. So you would, I think they would, I feel like they would come out and play a couple of games. So teams would come out and do like a two or three game and then maybe go to Palm Springs. I'm trying to remember because um, it just felt normal. But then, but now, Dave, everything is split squad and and i mean ultimate load management right and yep. nobody's and it's jammed in fuck you're everybody's right on top of everybody in the whole thing and my kids aren't really autograph guys so much but they like being able to get close to say they saw a player yeah see this guy or that guy Are autograph still a big deal or is it can i take a picture with you fuck man autographs these guys get driven crazy get driven crazy with autographs because everybody's trying to sell it. Yeah. Trying to commercialize it. I would always say this. I, I know this over the years. If you're getting an autograph uh, and you can get it personalized, so you run into Chris Paddock, my guess would be if you're getting a baseball signed and you ask him to sign it uh, to Dave, happy birthday, um, I would think your chances are much better to do that. I remember... Pittsburgh Steelers stayed at the Marriott. Yeah. Right down the street from Qualcomm Stadium. My buddy Dane, huge Steelers fan. And it was a couple days before Christmas. And I went down there and I ran into Greg Lloyd and Rod Woodson. And I said, look, I know you've been asked a million things. My buddy Dane is a diehard fan. This is it. Would you sign it to Dane? Merry Christmas. Absolutely. Wow. And that was the Christmas present. Rod Woodson and Greg Lloyd each signed the football. Two Dane, Merry Christmas, all the best, Greg Lloyd. Fuck, he freaked out. He probably still has it. That's cool. But when it's, oh, hey, just sign this. Oh, yeah. and then sign this. And if you could sign this so I could put it all on eBay. I mean, there's so many forgeries right now in that world. But, yeah, people still want autographs all the time. That's funny. That's one of those things as a kid, you always got the autographs. I have uh, have one of the weirdest items I have is a baseball glove. 
Yeah. That my dad, remember, he bought it at like at a garage sale. It was seventy five cents. He bought this glove for it was red. Whoa. It was yeah, red, white, and blue. This glove. Okay. And it was one he kind of just fucked around with. If he yeah, had, playing with a tennis ball. But when I ran into Lynn Swan and OJ Simpson in Roxbury Park, God dang! They, oh yeah, they I know fu- the park they, right they, there. Yeah, I know. That's why I know you're taking your kids there, and they uh, and they signed it. And it was like Jesus. It's so weird to have yes the two Hall of Famers sign a, On baseball, a baseball glove, glove right? Yeah. But I was like, what else was I going to use? Yeah, pictures are pictures are pretty cool to get the get the memory. But yeah, man, it's just I don't know. It, it's different. Um, Dave, I spent the night. Uh, well, not the night, but part of the night over in North Park tonight. We mentioned it. Uh, you've seen it on a few radio uh, TV stations. Excuse me. Iconic place in San Diego for sports fans. Paris News at 30th and University going away. And I was just chatting with the owner. It was funny. I'd just gotten off the phone with Steve Woods, who he's doing a thing on the show tomorrow. About a guy, Mike Reimer, in Dallas, who did sports talk radio for 40 years, just walked away. And he and I were talking about transition tonight. And Paris News, when I worked uh, at KFMB, when we were doing Padre games, yep. man, I'd, I'd go over there. And I was saying to the guy tonight, God, you'd get down there before your fantasy football draft. And a couple of draft magazines would come out or... Uh, Bill Mazeroski baseball, right? Ring magazine or MMA or wrestling or whatever the fuck you wanted. They had everything. And now, like, it's all gone away. And I was saying to the guy tonight, I go, God dang, as much as this sucks for me, having come here for so long, I just spent the weekend with my sons and they're on their tablet. Yeah. They have a 10-inch tablet and they're able to find... I mean, the LA Times or whatever, they're ESPN, they're Are watching they highlights. Do they read the newspaper? Uh, no. Yeah. But they'll go to ESPN and watch highlights. I think my one son does. He'll look up game stories, the whole thing. But I was saying to the guy, Ken, the owner, I go, I go, man, this sucks for me. And we were talking about one of the guys has worked there since 1986 and all the different things that happened. And, uh, yeah, for, for kids, like it's a, it's a transition time and, and I don't know, man, it's just kind of a drag. I I hate seeing little mom and pop shops like that, that have had such a positive impact on a community, on a neighborhood. Paris news opened in 1949 and people just stopped going, going over there because you can get everything on your phone, but just other things that have happened. The cost of cigarettes going up to nine bucks a pack. Nine bucks a pack. That impacts Crack him. Crack is cheaper. Right. But Ken told me tonight, he goes, Jeff, I used to have people that would come in and get a pack of cigarettes and then grab a newspaper and a People magazine and a soda. Yeah. He said the best time in his 14 years of owning that place was when Barack Obama was president. Really? Because he said, man, it didn't matter the magazine. It could be on anything, and people were going to buy it for Barack Obama. Wow. And he goes, it was pretty cool. But he said, print is dead. And he said, I just, I wonder, he goes, kids your age, as they get older and they realize, I said, well, in my storage unit, I've got not many, not a hoarder, yeah, but I've got cool 
Sports Illustrated's or the Sporting News. I've got historical newspapers from some different things. What are you going to do with that stuff when, you, when you like, eventually, like, what are you going to do? You're going to will it to your kids? What are you going to do? I've talked to them about it. Okay. So basically what we're going to do at some point, um, we're just going to get together because I went through this a couple of years ago. I remember talking about it on the show. I said, it's all memories, but would it mean anything to them? And so I just gave them the option and said, because I've got fight programs, Super yeah. Bowl programs. The thing that they're excited about, which I thought was kind of cool, they like the old credentials that I have from fights yeah. and baseball and everything else. But basically, Dave, what we're going to do is well, one guy is going to have a storage tub on his side and I'm going to have one, you know, his brother will have one too. And, uh, we'll just go through it and I'll be like, Hey man, here's a, uh, LA times. Uh, here's the fucking New York post from the day after nine 11. And I'm sure one of those guys would be like, Oh man. Yeah. I want that. But then you're like, here's the union tribune from January 1st, 2000. They'll be like, oh, you could throw that shit. In the recycling. <laughs> here's the, uh, Four Jay Posner columns from when your dad got blown out. Trash it, you know, and I won't give a shit. We'll go through it and whatever they want to keep, they can keep. Yeah. Um, and whatever goes in the recycling, will go right in the recycling. But it's just fun stuff that I kept over the years. Books will be donated and uh, yeah, it'll be fine. I, I couldn't give they they've. They're keeping the championship rings. Yeah, of course. That eat- stuff you keep. The, the, even the the New York Times, okay, from mm-hmm. from obviously a horrible event. 9/11. New York Post. New York Post. It's the Post okay. with, the, with the second plane tilted, and you can see it going into the Trade Center. Yeah. Say, okay, so if I had that, this is what I would think. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try and sell it first. And if me? I can't. Yeah. I, this, no, I'm just saying, let's say you willed it to me. Okay. I would try and sell it first, see if I can find a buyer. Uh-huh. And if I can't find a buyer, I'm throwing it in the trash because I'm thinking it's taking up space and I can look at those pictures on Google. Yeah. That, and Dave, that might be where they're at with it. They're a little different. Remember you asked me this question last week. You asked me a question about my sons. You said, if they weren't brothers, would they be friends? Yeah. And I asked it to them um, Saturday night, not showing, not sure that I was going to like what the answer was. <laughs> no, seriously. Really? Yeah, I wasn't sure. I was Did you gonna... ask them separately or together? Together. Okay. And I said, if you guys weren't brothers, do you think you'd be friends? And my one said, son said, you know what? I think we'd actually be better friends. Wow. And I go, you know, there's a part of me that bums me out, but there's a, a bigger part of me that makes me really happy to hear that. Yeah, that makes sense. Though. And they agreed. And his brother agreed. He goes, yeah, I think so. He goes, I think sometimes if you just had a break from each other. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he goes, yeah, we probably drive each other nuts. Um, but he goes, yeah. He goes, oh, yeah, no, we'd definitely be friends. Think about it. Your best friend, let's say at that age, at age 12. Uh-huh. Imagine if that guy lived with you. Oh, right? As much yeah, as you like, it would make anybody crazy. That's why yeah. conjoined twins, they, they separate you right away. Yeah, they got to get meant, you. You aren't meant to be with somebody No, you time. can't. Yeah, who's leading the walk? <laughs> but the... Uh, yeah. Dude, I made the biggest mistake because yeah. they're 12. Yeah. And so we were joking about, um, like, hey, who's the girl in uh, in seventh grade, right? Yeah. That who's, catches who's smoking you out. Yeah. Yeah. 
So they go, who was yours? I said, listen, first off, don't ask it like that. <laughs> what the hell is that supposed to mean? I go, I don't like how you're just lazy about asking about Debbie Lucy. And they go, oh, what? Yeah. I go, don't, oh, what? I go, the crowd fucking parted when she walked in the room. I go, you heard heart music, man. And so uh, they constantly now, like seeing, you know, we were we were yeah. in L.A. yesterday. The Golden Globes were going on, and yeah. we were not far from where the Golden Globes were going on. And so we're seeing people that are making their way into the Beverly Hilton. And go, God dang, you know? Yeah. Who is that? Do we know who that is? Oh, like, they're looking we're checking. for stars. Yeah, they're like, oh, maybe that's Debbie Lucy. And I go, oh, look. Oh, fuckers. I go, you think you're being cute? I go, I'm just telling you the truth. When she walked in the room, they're like, crowd parted. I go, you're fucking right, they did. <laughs> she was different. And they die laughing, man. They think it's great. So all that stuff. Was, I she, want... was she better looking than all the girls, or did she look older than all the girls? No, she was better looking. And yeah. she was, uh, we didn't have, not until we started meeting girls from Tory Pines, did you really know what trashy girls yeah. were? Like San Diego girls were clean, yeah. so you could respect them. And then you met Tory girls, and you had a better respect yeah. um, for how good we had it at San Diego. Um, and then Point Loma girls were just like, wow. <laughs> they all worked a day shift at, uh, they went to home ec and then on lunch went and did 45 minutes at late girls and then came back. <laughs> I mean that look, that's Point Loma high school. You know it. Everybody knows it. No reason to run from facts. Somebody had to do that job. Um, yeah. No, she was uh, she was iconic to say the least. She, and then here's the crazy yeah. shit. <laughs> this is the weirdest. I'm telling you the truth. This is the weirdest thing ever. I'm working at Diego's nightclub in Solana Beach. Okay. During the very few months that that place was open, because the owner of Diego's told all of us that lived in North County that we were going to put the belly up out of business. I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, and that wasn't going to happen, and then we were dead. <laughs> but I'm working at Diego's, yeah, and a couple girls come in. I feel like there was a party of like three or four. It doesn't matter. And goddamn, Dave, if they were not from my hometown, but I didn't know them. Similar to down here in Eastlake. Yeah. Where kids could have gone to Otai Ranch or Eastlake, um, we had an east part of town and a west part of town. You came together at high school, but in junior high and middle school, it was East Richfield and West Richfield. I was on the west side. They were on the east side. But I said, what year are you? They turned out they're my year. Okay. So we start talking about different people. Hey, do you know Mike Paoli? Oh, yeah, he's good. Do you know this person? And I go, hey, what about Debbie Lucy? And they go, what? And I go, what about <laughs> Debbie Lucy? And they go, God damn, her car went off the road about a month ago. It killed her. No way. They go, that, They go, did you know that? Is that why you brought her up? I was like, what? And yeah, my best friend from school, the guy I traveled London with, the guy I mentioned, Mike Paoli, he taught people, he took people in the Grand Canyon. 
he would take people on airplane rides. And he went to Alaska and was studying how to fly a different kind of airplane. And the guy flying it ran it into a mountain and fucking killed him. So two, like the girl I was crazy about, my best friend, both of them gone before the age of 25. Wow. Insane, right? Where you're just like, God dang. So yeah, that's when you... I mean, just different shit. I think you and I have done enough over the last couple of years where you're thankful for every day and the, for the people in it. But yeah, you go, oh man, like my buddy Mike more than her. I'd, I'd love him to know my kids or the podcast. God, yep. he'd listen all the time. And he goes, shit, he was gone by the time he was 25. Damn. Yeah, crazy shit. Yeah. But she was too. Car went off the road, icy conditions, and yeah, killed her at, at a really young age. But a random, I would have had no idea. Like, you go, oh, is she on Facebook or wherever? She's not going to fucking know me. I haven't seen her since seventh grade. But Would so, you have reached out to her on Facebook, tried to friend her? I, like anybody. You just, I don't know. It's funny, Dave. I don't, because I've been here for so long. Yeah. Like, I really couldn't tell you. Gosh, I don't think I could name 15 people I went to school with. Oh, wow. At that time, sixth, seventh grade, eighth grade. Well, eighth, I yeah. was out here. So I don't know. Like, maybe just check in, but it just, well, what do you talk about? Yeah, that's funny, man. Nothing. I don't know if I can, can I name 15 people from sixth grade? No. Nope. There's one guy I remember uh, I was friends with in sixth grade. Josh made me look him up. Yeah. And um, the guy's the guy's name was Chip. I'm not going to give his last name, but the guy's name was, was Chip and... Very smart guy. He was, I mean, it sounds racist, but at sixth grade, he was my first black friend. You know what I'm okay. saying? And we, we played basketball together all the yeah. time. He sat next to me in class all the time. And I remember he got a scholarship in basketball to Georgetown when Georgetown was good. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, looked him up. He's a big CEO of some major company in D.C. The guy's yeah. worth millions and millions of dollars. One of the guys that I knew at Torrey Pines. Yeah. Or not at Torrey Pines. I went to Earl Warren. And so our Earl Warren guys were really cool. Like Doug Silva went on, became a great surfer. Judd Bushler was there, yeah. played for the Chicago Bulls. Um, I feel like we had a couple other guys that were there. And like all my San Diego guys, my buddies Tim Griffin and Bern Dunnigan, Shane Pickett, all of those guys, you know, we we're friends. Even though we were all at Earl Warren, I feel like we got to be better friends playing sports in ninth grade. But um, at Torrey Pines, I ran around with a dude named Eric Hirschberg. Yeah. And Eric Hirschberg right now. What? I'm just laughing. Is he a rabbi of a synagogue in Minnesota? No, dude. He runs like Google Eric Hirschberg right now. Uh, Just typical Eric and just the way you would think. Yeah. Dave, he's like the fucking CEO of some huge, like, gaming company or network, like Nickelodeon or some crazy shit. Really? Yeah. Wow. Like, is something to do with? It wasn't EA Sports. A- Activision. Activision. Yep. Yeah. Yep. CEO. That's <laughs> a guy we. Yeah. Yeah. Guy, again, but you never saw him through high school or whatever. But I was reading an article in some publication a handful of years ago. And they're like, yeah, Eric Hirschberg. And I looked, I go, that's him. (laughs) So that was cool. But yeah, 
Yeah, for guys that you cross paths with, you go, yeah, it's cool, man. Exciting. It's, it's weird how many people I knew growing up, unfortunately, that, that have passed away. Like, didn't make Sad, it past, right? like, 32. Ah, uh, like, 32. The? And you're like, what the hell? And you sit there and you go, what the heart attack or, or liver cancer, some crazy shit. Man. And you go, man, they didn't make it past 32. Like the people you're talking about. Didn't make yeah. it past 25. Kind of blows it. We just don't expect it at that age. Well, I was, I was saying because you go through a divorce and anybody who goes through a divorce knows your time becomes, especially when you're the dad. And as my yeah. attorney points out to me all the time, he's like, hey, man, being a Disneyland dad's not bad because you can get the fuck out whenever you want. <laughs> And I thought he was crazy when he first said it. And yep. there's a huge part where he was 100% right about that. When shit gets crazy, you're like, all right, I can just go. But my sons and I, because a week ago tonight, um, he was on break. My son, Cade. Yeah. Uh, you and I didn't have a show on Monday. And we were off New Year's Eve and New Year's Day from my job. So a week ago tonight, he and I just went downtown. We went downtown, we went walking around, and the one thing we did was went back to the Manchester Grand Hyatt because he loved seeing that hotel, and he was I was saying, God, I wonder what it looks like now after all of Major League Baseball is cleared out. So he's like, well, can we go check it out? I go, yeah. So we parked right in the same spot. We walked over. We walked upstairs, um, like where the MLB network stage had been, all that different things. We were just having the best time. And I was talking to him today on the on the drive into North Park. Or actually on the drive down here. And I said to him, I go, man, you know what? I got in the car. I was all just a little down, yeah, right? Because yeah. it had been such a fun couple of weeks where I would have them Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And now it kind of goes back to where I'll see them Wednesday night and then they'll hang with me Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I said, you know, I was just kind of down like, God it sucks, man. Like it's been such a fun couple of weeks. And I said, then I go into Paris news. This guy's closing his business. What's he transitioning into? Just curious. I don't you ask know. Him? You didn't ask him. No, like where do you go? Yeah. Where, what happens? And there's an employee there. Guy I've known forever has worked there since 1986. Yeah. And I come out, Dave, and I'm walking back to my car and North Park, man, so many great parts in North Park, but you're seeing guys rolling out sleeping bags. Wow. And I said to my son, I go, you know, man, we had a pretty good couple of days and it's why we say to each other all the time, don't ever complain, be aware of what's going on, but there's a million people that would change places with you and yeah. at any time. And I said, it reminded me quickly that, yeah, well, I'm bummed that it's over. Be thankful it happened yep. and get excited for the next chance we get to do it because those guys won't have that opportunity. Like, fuck, Dave would kill to be able to see, yeah, right, for, yeah. Th for three days. And I go, it's okay to be bummed out, but remember, there are plenty of people that would change. And so, yeah, we keep all that in perspective. I mean, it's still a drag, yeah. right? You want to go home. You want them to be there when you get home. And when you go home, they're not there. It sucks. But, um, but yeah, man, I just I was thinking about those dudes at Paris and everything going on. So he'll be there for another week. Everything's pretty much thinned out. But 30th in university. And he said to me tonight, he goes, I go, how's it been? He goes, you know, I've had so many people that have come in and be like, oh, regulars. He goes, I haven't seen in two, three years. And they're like, ah, oh, you can't go away. He's like, 
shit, if you showed up once a week, yeah, I wouldn't no, be sure, going away. Yeah. But he said, hey, because just, man, everything's on your phone. He goes, there's no reason to drive down to North Park and find uh, parking yeah. and deal with any of it when you have that benefit. So time keeps moving, man, yeah. but, but kudos to those guys. They were a big part of the neighborhood for a long, long time. One of the things that came up the last couple of days since I last saw you was mm-hmm. Philip Rivers, of course. Yeah. Looks like his career with the Chargers is over. One of the things that came up was, would you show up to a celebration for Philip Rivers at SDCCU Stadium? No. Me neither. No. Why? That's, <laughs> I'm with you 100%. I thought that was lame. You showed up to watch him play when he was wearing a Charger uniform. Right. You want to show up to basically hear a press conference? Because that's no. what you're going to get. Why would you? Why would you get in your car and drive down there and do that? I was at Junior Seau's basically funeral. I was the there too. Right next to me. Yeah. And you know what? I got it news for you. I was a little disappointed at the lack of people that were there. Yeah. I expect a lot more. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. Didn't we do that for LT at the arena? And how'd he repay us Exactly all? right. With the Jets tattoo on his calf. Yeah. Kicked all you right in your balls. Right, <laughs> right in your goddamn balls. Uh, I'll tell you the one thing, and it's late. We're getting to it. This goddamn Rocky Long story is amazing. That's what I was going to start the show with that, but we'll go with it right now. This Rocky Long story to me, and you know what? It's a goddamn wake up call to not all of you. Um, that's my resolution in 2020 is to not hit everybody with the same brush, but it's a wake up call to a lot of people. Mike Riley told me an amazing story when he was head coach at Oregon State in Corvallis, where he grew up as a kid. He said, uh, I go, how's it going? He goes, he goes, it's tough, man, because we'll never be Oregon. Yeah. And they don't get it. Part of the fan base just won't get it. Just like part of the Aztec fan base doesn't get it. And I thought somebody tonight, it may have been Ben, tweeted part of the article that had been written in the Union Tribune where somebody asked Rocky, have we re- has the program reached the ceiling with you as head coach? And it really pissed him off, and I don't blame him. Yeah, I get it. The games are on Facebook. We can't see them. They go to the New Mexico Bowl. That's not his goddamn fault. No. He is... They're in a shitty conference. Not his fault. He is a good man. He is a good coach. He has done nothing to embarrass that program the way Chuck Long embarrassed it or yeah. anybody else fucking embarrassed He it. didn't even want to be a head coach again, but he stepped right. in when they needed him. When Brady moved to Michigan, I never hear any kind of conflict coming yeah. out of that program. I was a season ticket holder this year, That's and right. while the fan experience wasn't what you wanted, I said every week on this show it was not a reflection of the team or of Rock. Maybe the offensive coordinator needed to be looked at. But goddamn, if they let that guy walk away and he goes to USC or Syracuse or anywhere else, what a huge, huge loss for this city. I agree. I agree with you 100%. Again, that should be a huge wake-up call. And people will say, well, look, he just wants to be a coach. He doesn't want to be the guy responsible as a head coach. Bullshit. Who's so hard in the media? Troy Hirsch? Exactly. It's not. (laughs) Todd Strain? They're all good dudes. You nailed it right there. They have no chance of of actually winning a national championship. They're in a shitty conference. They aren't respected. They aren't thought of. They're just an afterthought. 
And right. the, the Facebook thing doesn't help. It's different. It's not good. The situation's not good. He has done an outstanding job. I mean, as as you said, go back and think about some of the guys they had here before him. Right. We were dying to have a, a bowl game. Right. And, and, and now you sit there and you look at this Aztec team and he recruits well for San Diego State. And you go, this is bullshit. San Diego State's only had one five-star they recruit. They won 10 fucking ever, games. Yeah. One five-star recruit has ever come visited the school. That's it. It was Reuben Foster. Yeah. I... I tell you, man, I I like how there's a group on Twitter, diehard Aztec fans versus diehard Padre fans. I don't get it. I, I don't either. I, that I is really weird. I don't get it because... It makes me laugh, though. I do. I laugh, too. But <laughs> I, I split my vote because I love them both. Like, I love Aztec football, yeah. but I, I just remember... Um, the Gophers, as a kid from Minnesota, the program I learned college football on, they had a coach there, Glenn Mason. And Glenn Mason, very similar to Rocky Long, team would consistently win eight games, nine games, and every goddamn year they'd go to the Music City Bowl. Yeah. Right? Yep. Music City. Fucking couldn't sniff the Holiday Bowl. Don't even mention the Rose Bowl, right? Every goddamn year they're going to play North Carolina in the Music yeah, City Bowl call. or Vanderbilt, right? So what happened? Very similar to what has happened here. You had a certain portion of the fan base started bitching about Glenn Mason, and he was out. And then they went and hired former Chargers uh, tight ends coach Tim Brewster. You know what happened? Fucking program started winning two games a year. Yeah. And he ran it right into the ground. Right into the ground. And then they go and hire Jerry Kill. And goddamn Jerry Kill comes from northern Illinois. This goddamn guy would get so stressed out coaching that he was having epileptic seizures on the sideline. Yeah, and it was scary. You had kids that thought that their coach was going to die. Another. So finally, Jerry Kill steps aside. And they went and hired P.J. Flack. Yes. And P.J. Flack came in with all his bullshit and rode the boat and everything else. Well, goddamn, they just beat Auburn. Yeah. You better, uh, the Gophers better figure out a way to pay that fucking no kid. No kidding. $12 million a year. Beat a team that beat Oregon and Alabama. You are not going to find anybody. I swear, I said, I go, I said to my son, I go, dude, it would not shock me. If Jerry Jones watched what P.J. Fleck just did and hired him yeah. to coach the Cowboys, well, thank God he hired Mike McCarthy. But no real major jobs yeah. opened up this year. That that Yeah, USC should have come knocking on the door. At yeah. least one of them. But he has claimed, very similar to what Rocky claimed. Now, there's a huge age difference between them. I get it. He has claimed that he has respect for what Kirk Ferentz has done in Iowa for what Paul Christ has done at Wisconsin and said, you know, I really would like to establish roots here. Well, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. But if he leaves in a year, you go, the fucking guy beat Auburn with the Gophers yeah. after taking over a program. God bless him for what he did. That's how I feel about Rocky Long, Dave. Yeah. That program, Brady had it moving. But do we forget what Chuck Long said about that program when he's like, well, we're really, really good Sunday through Friday. 
We're just struggling on Saturday. God damn. <laughs> Do you think he's gone? Yeah, I th- well, I think he's trying to be gone. I mean, he wouldn't take these interviews if he wasn't trying to be gone. I was joking around saying he should go to Oklahoma. Oklahoma hasn't played defense since 1985. What about USC? USC would be great. I'd much rather see him at USC than Syracuse, you know? Yeah. But but the fact that he's doing interviews at Syracuse, what does that say? 70 okay. years old, you're going to go freeze your ass off? Mike Bone knows him because yeah. Mike was here at San yeah. Diego State. I mean, the Aztec defense was outstanding last year. Dude, he's great. He is just my favorite Rocky story. Yeah. Dave and I went out to a practice, and he he's a little he's bit of a standoff guy. Yeah, yeah he's he'll break a, your hand, too, when he shakes your hand. He's a standoff guy. And we had we had a casual, we had a cordial relationship, yeah. but not much with him. And it all changed, I felt like, this night. I agree. Out at, at uh, Aztec Stadium. So Rock comes over. He says hello, and he goes, guys, what would you think? And I said, I tell you what, Rock, I could watch this same practice 200 times in a row. Yeah. I go, I have no idea (laughs) what you're looking for, what you want to see. I said, for me to sit here and try to tell you what I did or didn't see, I go, I'd be the biggest asshole even more than I already am. (laughs) I go, I just like being out here. What'd you see? And he started laughing. He goes, well, we got a little work to do. I said, all right. I go, well, it's fun watching this guy. But I go, I don't know how strong the defense you're pressing on. He goes, we're not pressing at all. I go, okay, well, there we go. (laughs) And and he was cool, man. I tell you what, Dad, I heard Darren mention it today to start his show. Yeah. And I go, God damn, I I really, really hope that's not the case. Not that Rock, I mean, shit, I wouldn't put it by him. Bill Snyder coached till he was 140. Rock might be the guy if they put a shovel in the ground in a couple of months and get a football stadium built. I don't know. Do you give it back to Brady Hoke? I, I don't Brady have any. Brady's probably the guy you probably give it back to that Aztec fans would feel comfortable with. But but I just can't tell you enough the the class of that guy and what he has meant to that program. Fuck. If they let that guy walk, man, that that sucks. That yeah. would that would really and he's the fifth highest paid coach, and people are bitching about him going to the New Mexico Bowl and being asked, have you reached the ceiling? Who asked that question? Who asked that question? <laughs> I don't know. But goddamn, if the ceiling. We got to find out who asked that question. Just turn everybody against him. He won 10 goddamn games. Yeah. He went to a bowl game. I know it wasn't the Rose Bowl or the Sugar Bowl. But your team wins again, and as every one of those coaches say, you get those extra couple of weeks yeah. of practice, whatever. But you're never going to be uh, – I mean, you're just not going to be who? Oregon. Just like Mike Riley found out. You're just not going to be Oregon. And uh, I don't know, man. It really bummed me out to read that tonight. Let me ask you I got two more things before we, uh, we, we get to how old are they and how much are they yep. worth. Patriots lose. Yeah. Is it then for the Patriots 20 years? The dynasty, is it over? Well, uh, Josh McDaniel will go to the Browns is the talk, and we'll bring a GM with him. And then... Quintero? Uh, hey. <laughs> Don't make jokes. <laughs> um, man, Dave, I, I would say this. I signed up for HBO last week. Yeah. Because Curb's coming back and the outside of the Stephen King thing's coming up. And, yeah. A uh, bunch of different shit. But I watched that 
I'm almost done with it. That Nick Saban yeah. and Bill Belichick thing. I swear to God, I enjoyed that as it's much really as good. anything I have. Do your job yeah. is so great. Um, no, they're not done because Belichick's not done. And watching him he lose like 45 more wins, something like that to pass Don Chua as the winningest coach of all time. And yeah. So that means something to him. Yeah. Cause the, the dolphins are always shooting their mouth off those 72 yeah. dolphin guys. They're always shooting their mouth off that Shula never had any controversy, whatever watching. I on Saturday, your Titans win. Yeah. They beat the Patriots. But watching Mike Vrabel run that clock down and watch Belichick lose his shit, yeah. I thought Tony Romo was fucking amazing. He was great. Breaking that all down. It was so fun to watch that. But I think what you're looking at is Belichick is probably saying, yeah, we won six with Brady, but you think I'm goddamn dead without him? Okay. Well, it's interesting because a few years ago, and everyone knows when you follow the Patriots and Belichick, he always gets rid of guys a year or two early uh-huh. than too late. Well, Brady's the one guy that they held on to that he didn't want to hold on to. He wanted yeah. to keep Garoppolo. Yeah. And the owner said no. Robert Kraft said no. And it might have fucked things up for the Patriots on the way they do things to keep it rolling. Well, we'll see. But I think, I mean, goddamn, it sure felt like I would have thought, <laughs> call me crazy, I don't know that Brady could have stayed forever. Yeah, like, what do you think what? Brady could stay forever? Like, yes. to me, he's Tony Gwynn. I still don't. Honestly, I'm one of these guys who doesn't blame Brady. I look at it. The Patriots don't have a ton of talent. I mean, they yeah. have receivers that can't get open. Fucking Edelman drops that ball. Oh, that third and, and six yeah. first down was everything. It, but, but overall, I don't know how good Brady is or isn't because these guys can't create any space. They didn't use the tight end yeah. at all. They've always used the tight end this year. They, yeah. It was just a shadow of, of a team. It's hard to believe that was the same team that won a Super Bowl less than a year ago because there's so little talent on the offensive side of the ball. All right. How about this? Brady comes back next year and Gronkowski comes back. That'd be interesting. I mean, that again. That, but Edelman that, out. See, I don't think Edelman's out. I think Brady loves Edelman. I, I, I don't know. Edelman's one of those guys you'll talk to people and say, oh, he's a Hall of Famer, and then guys will say, well, really, how many uh, Pro Bowls did he make? Yeah. The guy was never a Pro Bowl receiver. I loved – He won the Super Bowl, honestly, last year against the Rams. He just was able oh, to get open on stop. I love the thing uh, with Saban and Belichick when Saban points out that nobody comes down and asks him, and he said, I'm yeah. an and-and-butt guy. Yeah. Just go watch it. Line. I don't want to – I don't want to give anything away for people that haven't watched the it. The and and butt thing, you should say. It. That that's a, that's a great line. It's Yeah. And, and means something good, but means something bad. Yeah. And he goes, I've never been wrong. Yeah. And he said, I watch guys from our team get drafted and nobody from the coaching staff yeah. or the front office talked to me. And I would have told him the and and then I would have told him the but. Yep. And he said, Then they find out they're like, Oh, what? Yeah. And he goes, Well, they never asked. Yeah. And he said, Belichick's the one guy. And you see this great clip from Alabama Pro Day where Belichick's wearing an Alabama pullover. Yeah. And Nick Saban is telling him, this is my best player. Yeah. This is my guy. This is the best player on the team. And he's really good. And I, yeah. I, you can say what you want yeah. about Saban. You can say what you want about Belichick. I thought having those two guys, I love to at the start. You know, by the way, I know the player, because Saban says there was a guy drafted that he was like, I can't believe that guy was drafted. Josh played with a couple guys that, and the guy ended up going to the Steelers. Josh said, dude, he wasn't anything ever. In a game yeah. or in practice, all of a sudden the Steelers are grabbing this guy. Now he's out of the league and he waits Man. for the draft pick. 
And that's who Saban is talking about. How the hell did the Steelers draft this guy? Didn't you do your homework? Why wouldn't you make a phone call? I don't get it. My favorite but, line he used, the hands and butts were, my, were, were a great line. My second mm-hmm. favorite line is that Belichick uses where he says, talented players count, can't overcome bad coaching. Yes. And I thought that was interesting. Where he put, yeah. basically put it all on himself. Yeah. I, I lost the Dolphins game last year because I put Gronkowski back there and he wasn't right. fast enough to, to tackle a guy like Kenyon Drake. That was on me. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Uh, it's such a good show. It is. That I would highly recommend it, and if you have issues with either one of them, well, then that's on you. I, I just look at it. You might look at it different after you watch it. No, they won't. You don't think so? It, no. It, I thought, the other one I thought was interesting, they both used the line, um, back in the day, you didn't leave it for another job and then rob the place you were just I at. thought that was, yeah, again, I don't want to give too much yeah. away, but, but you know, I they thought both that had was a guy great. In mind. They were, Belichick's talking about Flores from the Dolphins. And and, Kif- and Saban's talking about Kiffin. That's funny. I was wondering if they were thinking about Vrabel, if Vrabel, but Flores is, is Flores probably the took guy. Took a shitload huh? of his defensive staff. Oh shit, that's right. Yeah. And then uh, Kiffin, whose career was completely dead, and Saban resurrected it. His whole attitude is, "I'm going to fuck over Alabama as much as I can." Yeah, it's a great discussion point where both of the coaches say, "I bring you on here." To get you in a spot to yep. have your own opportunity, but don't fuck us over by taking all the guys. For, go build your own legacy. Yep. Really interesting. Yeah, NFL films. God damn, it's so good. They all right, good that's job. all we've got. Uh, all right, one, one more for you. I got to tell you, I right. uh, I ran into. Do you remember the baseball player Brent Maine? Played catcher. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Played catch in the big leagues, Rockies, and he was with the Royals and everything. Sure. Else. I ran into him on Saturday. Okay, he's a scout now for the Dodgers. He was he was there to see yeah. a couple of our players, and uh, we we're just talking before the game. And I said, "Hey, I go, it's funny that I run into you." I go, "Have you ever gotten this, where the scene in Field of Dreams, uh-huh. where the dad takes the mask off and he goes plays catch with his dad?" I go, "Every time I've seen that movie, I always go, that's Brent Maine.'" Uh, it's so funny. I could see that. And he goes, "No, no one's ever said that to me." And he goes, "I got to go back and watch the movie." And I said, well, fuck, there's no point in you going back and watch it. If you didn't see it the first time ago, that guy <laughs> looks just like me. I'm not going to talk you into it. Yeah. But I felt like uh, I said it because that was always what I thought. I just Googled it. I'm like, dude, I, I'm not way off. But no, I, I, I thought I, that it was funny that he goes, no one's ever said that to him. I tell you what, who I see when I see it is the guy. Uh, shit. Did you ever see that movie? Uh, my best friend's wedding. Yes, and the guy who starts singing at the table, yeah. her gay friend. Yeah, dude, I I think he looks like that it, guy. It does look like that guy. That's a good. What call. happened to that guy? What happened to the guy who was the catcher? <laughs> yeah, Field of Dreams is awesome, man. Uh, all right, we'll knock these out, then we'll get to how old are they and how much are they worth. We want to mention uh, Brian Curry again. He's selling real estate all over San Diego County. He does a great job. He's the guy I've gone to. To work on selling my house and telling me the right time when to sell my house. Talked to Brian uh, just this weekend, and I said, Brian, I'm looking for a neighbor that has a lot of Chuck E. Cheeses. <laughs> and he goes, you got to get to Oceanside, because there's a shitload <laughs> of them. Have you ever driven the 78 and seen how many fucking yes, Chuck E. Cheeses are? all over. 78 and the 15. Yeah, what the fuck's going on with these Chuck E. Cheeses? A lot of kids, man. A lot of kids. A lot of kids love that good pizza. Brian's your guy. He knows every community throughout San Diego. Again, he's the guy you need to talk to on which way the market's going, especially right now with all the political stuff that's going. Will it affect the uh. market? 619 651 
251-1588. Yeah, David, it's an interesting time. I said I was in North Park tonight. And why I think it's a great time to call Brian Curry is because I saw a lot of different places, uh, pretty nice places, that were for lease or for rent. Yeah. And if the rental market has come back down a little bit, then what does that mean for the housing market? I'm fascinated by it because remember the rental prices. I mean, we've seen the stories, these little 500 square foot places that people were trying to rent for two grand. Yeah. Well, maybe now if people, if we've got that rental market settled and there's some more places available, then what does it mean for the housing market? If you're trying to buy, what if you're trying to sell? Is now the right time to sell because of those kind of things? That's why you need somebody like Brian. 20 years experience, knows the real estate game locally, inside and out. And believe me, as Dave said, there are so many things that are causing the market to fluctuate. You need an expert on your side, and that's what you're getting in, Brian. Absolutely. Don't forget about Alan Taylor. Taylor made pools, again, more than 20 years in the business. Alan Taylor said, forget Canada. I'm going to San Diego. I'm going to build pools, yep. and I'm going to build the best pools throughout San Diego. He's your guy. Even if you have a pool, he's the guy for repairs, for remodels. If you're looking for a brand-new pool, let him take in one of those 3D virtual tours. Turn your backyard into a staycation. Alan Taylor's your guy. 619-449-4452. Again, 619-449-4452. Goddamn, Dave, I spent the whole week at the old Playboy Mansion. And <laughs> it's just... Since Hef passed away and Terry Wells isn't around oh, anymore. Terry Wells. Remember Terry yes, Wells? Yes, sure do. As late great Dick Enberg would say, hubba hubba. <laughs> and you sit there and you just look at it. And I said to Candy Spelling, I said, have you thought about having the grotto redone? And she said, well, I'd like to, but I don't know if Alan will come all the way up here. And I said, I got it. And then we went back to enjoying our night of fondue, but I couldn't help as I was in the grotto <laughs> drinking Cavassier, thinking about all the stuff that the guys at TaylorMade Pools could do. We've talked to the people that need a pool, but really I feel like we kind of skip over the people that already have a pool that may not be satisfied with it. Yeah. Have that remodel done. You've already done the heavy lifting by having the pool come back there, but now all of a sudden call the guys at TaylorMade Pools Check out our website at DaveAndJeffShow.com under the sponsor page and see for yourself. And you could take that pool that you look at now and go, ah, whatever. God dang, Dave, today on the 6th of January, one of the most gorgeous days in San Diego, probably in the last four months. Sure was. It was unbelievable. Perfect everywhere. The weekend wasn't too bad. And wouldn't it be great? To have the opportunity to hang out back in your backyard enjoying that pool starts with a phone call to Alan and his guys at TaylorMade Pools. Here we go. Let me give you a little Terry Wells uh, information for Let you. Me hear Number it. one, how old do you think she is? Oh, God, I love that. I think she's... I think about what year that was and how old I was. I'm gonna say it was she... 1981. All right. That was pretty good. I might yeah. have been pretty close okay. on that if I would have guessed that. Uh, so 81, I'm going to say she's 61, 63, 63. Here's the most interesting thing. I, at least I think, who do you think was on before her and who was on after her? very famous? Both of them on what playboy on the cover or uh, on the cover play actually, sorry, 
Playmate of the Year. Playmate of 1980 the year. and then 1982. Oh, one of those has to be uh, Dorothy Stratton. That's right. The year before is Dorothy Stratton. Oh, no Star shit. 80, yeah. And then 82. She's married to somebody very famous. Married to somebody famous. 82. I don't know. Who's Shannon that? Shannon Tweed. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Wow. Gene Simmons' wife. No kidding. If you're interested in Terry Wells, she is not married. She got divorced in 86. From Charlie Simmer? <laughs> From Charlie Simmer. How the God fuck did d- you know that? Because he's a member of the LA Kings. All right. Ch- who's, who's the 17th president of the United States? Uh, <laughs> well, it, I can tell you that Abe Lincoln was 16. Yeah, I know you can. That's what makes me laugh is that yeah. I don't know shit about U.S. history, but I can tell you the fuck was on Playboy. Right. And, and who she was married to. Right. I just remember they were like, do you remember the Playboy cover that changed your life where you go, fuck, there was a Valerie, Valerie Perrine. Oh, I don't remember that. Valerie Perrine. She was in her. Superman. She was. Oh, was she? Oh, the, the blonde chick. Yeah. Lex Luthor. Yeah. The girl. Chick? Yeah. The one that lets him go. Yeah. And they remember they used to sell. They used to sell Playboy, but it had like a uh, like a plastic cover over yeah. it but it wasn't even like a dark cover yeah she's 76 now by the way jesus <laughs> i wasn't ready for that how about giving me a heads up before you hit me with the left and right <laughs> uh well goddamn that makes sense because she was on the cover i swear dave i feel like they sold it at vons no they did did they? I think at the top. Yeah, top row, right? Yeah, but they didn't. Like, it was just, and you just saw it, and you were like, whoa. Yeah, she hasn't aged well. Uh, God. D- do she- not look it up. She, I think she's missing a tooth. Oh, a tooth. <laughs> oh, damn. Damn it. All right, Dan Williams is your guy right now. Yes. Look, there's a special for Dave and Jeff listeners. Look, it's running out. He has until January 15th. This is a great deal right now as people are trying to get the, everything in order. He's going to run your credit report for you. Also, a debt elimination strategy. He's going to do that all for free if you say you're a Dave and Jeff listener. Again, it's normally $195. You have until January 15th. Dan Williams is the guy to help you out. Get your finances in order. You're crazy if you don't call him. 858-688-6813. 858-688-6813. The debt elimination is so big. For Dan, and we don't want to skip over that he can help you buy a home. We talked about with the market fluctuating right now, especially if you're in the military. My gosh, can you think of a more turbulent time recently for military, local military? I mean, the guys, the men and women that wear those uniforms, we should all be so thankful as we are, but just even more so recently for what they do to protect this country and protect all of us, our families. And there are benefits to being in the military. One of them is Dan can help you buy a home with no money down. So it starts with uh, San Diego lending.us slash Dave Jeff. Uh, is it Dave Jeff or Dave and Jeff? San Diego lending.us. Get the free books. Borrow smart, repay smart is the other one. And they are just so important. Or just call them 619 688 6813. 
and get that information from Dan. It's 858 Or 858-688. Excuse me. 858-688-6813. I felt like I'd given the wrong area code as soon as I said it. So, again, to be clear, 858-688-6813. But the debt elimination program that Dan can help you out on is so important. I was talking, I mentioned to a buddy of mine tonight coming down, and he and I are both dealing with the same thing. He had a daughter who had to have wisdom teeth pulled today. That's 900. And we wow. were laughing because I'm like, I got a kid's got to go in braces in two weeks. And insurance only covers a little bit of that. But then we get hit for that. Windshields get broken, yep. right? Auto registration. Yeah, people break into your trunk. Holy shit. I'll get into that in a minute. But all these different things that happen that end up, David, I had to replace some shit over the weekend that yeah. I wasn't expecting. And all of a sudden, that's a couple hundred bucks you weren't ready for. So, uh, yeah, the debt elimination program that Dan can help you with is so big. Let me give you the number again, 858-688-6813. But get 2020 off on the right foot and make sure that your finances are squared away. Look, this should be the year that you buy your home, right? Yep. And and do all kinds of exciting stuff. Let Dan help you get there. Let Brian help you buy it. Then let uh, Al put that pool in the backyard. You're going to be doing fine. All right. Finally, Kyle Fluger, 619-500-6621. He's the guy for your website needs. Jeff comes up with a great business idea. So exciting. Nonstop. 619-500-6621. Uh, we got a new one tonight. What is it? Been presented to us. Girls that don't wax.com. <laughs> now, I'll not be clicking on that now, one. Listen, hang on. Don't everybody get all nervous. We're not goddamn going back to 1971 here. But I swear to God, I had the funniest message ever tonight from a friend who yeah. will remain unnamed that got waxed today. Okay. And they were telling me about this <laughs> miserable procedure i swear to god dave i was dying laughing again this person will remain unnamed as will my friend so i said i go did you pay for that and i was told i think i blacked out twice during the process <laughs> is it the first time they've done it no okay and i go god how how bad is it I don't know, but my jeans are a lot looser. So I'm fucking rolling, right? <laughs> oh, the funniest shit I've ever heard. And so I said, I said, well, just trying to be helpful, right? I'm yes. goddamn rolling. So I said, look, I have another friend who will remain unnamed that was in her single days, used to send me text messages that would say, she was able to position herself in the bathtub for self-stimulation. Maybe that will help the pain. To which I was told, let me see if I still have oh, the funniest fucking tweet. I've, or text, not even a tweet. I was about tweet. to say, what the hell? Let me see if I still have this shit. It's so <laughs> goddamn funny. Uh, no, I don't have it. The text message that came across was Jeff... I just took wax off my clit. I don't think hot water's the answer. I almost <laughs> fucking fell off the bench. I was my apologies to anybody who hears it. I swear, I told her today, I go, you know, 
having close friends that are women are a blessing yeah. and a curse at the same time. I said, I didn't say scalding hot water, maybe cold water. Stop yelling at me. But uh, yeah, so uh, for her, yeah, for the women that don't want to experience that pain and take out your anger on me, you're going to be celebrated with your <laughs> website. That one's still a work in progress. Uh, MILF without kids. Yeah. Uh, as suggested by my friend Tim Griffin, who told me last week that his three daughters have never been more proud of him than after, <laughs> even though he's a Stanford graduate, than his uh, contributions. So all of those are coming. Jail babes, uh, babesonprobation.com yeah. and girlsthatcan'tsayno.com. They're yeah. all coming too. Yeah. Milfswithtanlines.com. I, I love that one. That was a good one, yeah, right? Yeah, th that's a good one. All right, I like that one. That was so, a good one. So some of these will have higher uh, higher spots on the pecking order. <laughs> they absolutely will. All right, here we go. January 6th, famous birthdays. Okay, I'm excited. How old are they and how much are they worth? We're going to start with Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston. This is a good one, too, because 26? Exactly right. 26. Okay. How much is he worth? Uh, Been in the league, I think, since 2014, 15. Yeah. I mean, still yeah. on that con 25 yeah. million? He's worth $100 million. Come on. Well, he has sponsorships and he's making $22 million a year and everything else. Yeah. Damn. That's good. Not bad at all. All right. Here we go. I guess that makes sense. Signing bonus, the whole thing. Wow. Good for him. It's funny. We did a lot of boys in the hood the other day. As, yeah. uh, as I was told, it made me laugh how bad you and I pay attention. I gave out, uh, I think it was Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah. Did you go back and listen to this shit? No. I gave it out. You gave an answer. Then I corrected you what the answer was. And then I lost my place and I asked it again. And you got it wrong the second time. <laughs> and I, then I was told, what the fuck's wrong with both of you? <laughs> A lot. <laughs> I get so focused on the game. It's only, I'm like Trevor Denman. I forget about what happened in race yeah. two. I just get ready for race three. <laughs> so here you go. John Singleton, the guy who, who directed, damn. he died last year. John Singleton, how old would he be now? 52. Exactly right. 52. Yeah. Fuck, look at you. Two for two already. Yeah. How much is he worth? 70 million? 50 million. All right. Damn. Here's the most surprising thing I found about John Singleton today. He's okay. only 5'6". No, is yeah. that right? 5'6". God damn, Dave. I watched so many interviews with him. I don't know if it had been... Like if it had been an anniversary of Boys in the Hood or something had happened. It probably was. He had a different movie coming out, but it felt like a couple of years ago he was on a handful of different shows. May have been the anniversary of the L.A. riots. I think yeah. he was involved in, in a documentary about that. What a fucking impressive guy, it was. man. Dude, he was like 2021 20, or something when he did Boys in the Hood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, it was insane. I used to love that movie. It's one of my favorite movies oh, of all shit, time. Yeah. When I was a kid in high school, we, our bus went right through that area. The Crenshaw Whoa. District. It was, it was crazy. Dude, he's so great. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Uh, I'll save the, the the last one. I'll save. Uh, it's, it's a big name. Big name. All right. Here okay. we go. Julie Chin. Oh, shit. Uh, Mary to Les Moonves? Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to ask how much is she worth. Then I'm going to ask how much Les is worth. Oh, um, Julie Chin. That's a good one. 57? 50. Oh, She's shit. only 50. All right. How much is she worth? How much is her husband worth? Her uh, husband ran CBS. Yeah. She is worth, boy, well, he was paying her. No shit. So he negotiated her deal. 
150? 16, it says. 16 oh, no million. way. Come on. That's what it says. 16 million. No way. How much is he worth? Well, shit, he lost a lot of money, yeah. man. 300? 400 million. Yeah. Yeah. $400 million. All right, yeah. here's the last one, which I, okay. I thought was fascinating because I was curious to know what it would list him as. Eric yeah. Trump. Oh, wow. Eric Trump. Uh, I don't know why I thought he was older than he is. God, it's funny. Is he 42? 36. Oh, shit. Okay, That's what I would have guessed. I would have guessed 42. Yeah. Uh, 300 million? Exactly right. Fuck, dude. Today is a good day. Yeah, I whipped on some of the... Uh, 300 million. Damn. Uh, one quick thing. Yeah. You mentioned it. Last week, last Thursday, I went to get a haircut. It was yeah. the weirdest shit ever. I was over at uh, uh, the Albertsons in La Mesa. And I went in, I came out, I drove over to Rosecrans, San Diego area. Yep. And I went, and my trunk had been completely cleaned out. And so I was like, what the fuck? That's a really weird feeling. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I went back to where I was, and a guy had come in to the Great Clips and the taco shop next door, like basically carrying... Had one of those trunk organizers, and the guy was like carrying it, and uh, was like trying to find me. Like, why the fuck he couldn't just shut the trunk? I have no. But as La Mesa PD pointed out, and they have been fantastic. They go, hey man, you never know. Like maybe somebody went in, and but we don't know what happened. Anyways, Dave, I just wanted to say for a couple of people, it really genuinely sucked. I, I didn't lose if it had happened a week earlier, yeah, I would have lost I, I if anybody who's been with this podcast, you remember me saying that when I moved out, when different shit was happening, a lot of us look to your wedding ring and your wedding ring gets you through the day because you're reminded of your wife or your kids and your family and everything else. Well, then you get divorced and you take that ring off. And there are days when you just kind of feel a little lost and you yeah. go, well, what the fuck? And I went and we talked about it here on the show. I went and bought a fossil watch. And that watch, while I don't wear it every day, means so much to me on a personal level because at the worst time in my life, it was a reminder what we've always said on this show, that champions stand up when others stay down. And that fucking watch had been in the back of my car for at least three months and about 10 days ago, I said, just for whatever reason, I go, you know, I'm bringing this thing back in the house. So luckily, that wasn't back there. When I go get a haircut, 99 out of 100 times, I'll throw my phone in my trunk because I'm just like, yeah, I just throw it back there. And I didn't do that. So I lost a small little Sony camera. I lost a pair of Oakley's. Uh, my son lost a pair of shoes, a couple other things. Look, it could have been a whole lot yeah. fucking worse. All I know is this. I The people at this taco shop the next day sent me a surveillance video. La Mesa PD was so goddamn nice and have called me <clears throat> a couple of times following up on it. And then the people at Great Clips and the people at Senior Borough, so incredibly nice. But all of you that retweeted that and sent that message out for me and for my son. Because I was just like, fuck, I don't know what happened. Yeah. I felt like I locked it. Maybe my trunk popped open. 
When I got back, my car was completely locked. Nothing was broken. No damage had been done. The trunk is shut. So I literally have no idea. All I know yeah. is that the guy took everything and cleared it the fuck out. Um, but the one person I really wanted to thank tonight was Lisa Ann. And here's why. Because, yes, it's very, very unique to have a friend who's an adult film star and everything else. But when I was sitting there and you're kind of pissed and you're you're going, God, it could have been so much worse. But anybody who's been yeah. robbed, you feel violated. Yeah. And you feel like you just want to kick the guy who's got your shit. You want to kick his head like a fucking soccer ball down the street. And I was just sitting there trying to figure everything out. And Walchev, Sean Walchev sends me this video. And it was a chat that Lisa had done. Um, earlier in the day, getting ready for her fantasy football show. Now, I had not said anything to her. I just put my stuff on social media. And in the course of this video, she realizes that Sean's jumped in for the chat, for the live Facebook Live thing. And she says something to the effect of, hey, Callie Comfort, how you doing? I'm thinking about you guys back there. So fun to follow everybody on social media. And she goes, except for one thing. And she said, I saw that somebody broke into Jeff's car today. And that really upset me. And you saw the clip. And she said, the picture wasn't clean enough for me to identify who it was. But I hope all of you there in San Diego are keeping an eye out for it. That's awesome. And just like on a shitty day. Yeah. When it's kind of fucked and my son was really bummed because it, it's just something you like. They can be replaced, but it just the bad. I'm like, I shouldn't have to fucking replace my shit. Don't rip me off, you cocksucker. <laughs> and uh, so I just sent her a message and I sent her a message and I go, look, uh, I appreciate what you did a lot. I said it was pretty cool. And, the, you know, I said, Jack and I are just kind of pissed. And I appreciate it. She said, oh, God damn it, Dave. I would kept it all day and then, like, your phone acts up. But basically what she said was, she goes, I felt such a connection with the people in that audience that she goes, it just felt very natural cool. that the people in San Diego that were there at that event or who have talked to me are genuine friends. And she said, obviously, you and Dave are, but she said, I feel like everybody in your audience has been incredibly nice to me. And she goes, I just felt like that's what the audience expected me to do. But I just thought it was really, really cool. Look, I, I mean, it's easy, right? Anybody yeah. can make jokes about things she's done, things we've done, anybody else. But when you are just sitting there and you're like, just fucking pissed, and you look down and you're like, what the fuck? It's a million people are like, who got their car robbed? And I'm laughing about it. And it's just, man, when you find out, and I, I said to her, I said to Sean, I've said to you, uh, Stevie Woods and others, man, we are all so fortunate to have so many good people that care about you every yeah. day. And I never take that for granted. So for all of you that retweeted it or commented, Carlo Chicato's like, this sucks. <laughs> and uh, it was just great. And it meant a lot to my son. It meant a lot to me, like I said. Anything that was lost can be replaced. We didn't we didn't lose anything big. It still sucked. But the important thing was just saying thank you to everybody yeah. who reached out because 
on a day where you just bummed and you're like, fuck, what else did I lose? Uh, there were so many of you that were like, send that picture. Where are you? Where are you at? Uh, Larry Thomas was like, let me see the video, the whole thing. Uh, La Mesa PD, and like I said, everybody has been incredibly nice, and uh, I appreciate it a lot. Absolutely. When are we doing the next show? Uh, we'll be back here Wednesday night, back on okay. track. Perfect. All right. We'll see you Wednesday. When I